Back in 2015, a few months before the birth of the Hold Up podcast, Nelson and I went to see a movie together. It was about, get this, AI. And no, not the new hotness, zeitgeisty, generative AI that's been all the rage in 2023. This had nothing to do with auto-writing an essay for class or requesting to see 45 images of Batman holding a taco in the style of Wes Anderson. Fuck that shit! This was all about the real deal artificial intelligence your granddaddy told you about. Robots fucking and murdering and being super creepy and shit like God intended. I remember it being incredible, and I'm hoping it hasn't lost its creep shine. Special thanks to ChatGPT for helping me with this intro. Uh, that movie was Ex Machina. Welcome to The Hold Up. Each month, we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly, but hasn't seen in years. Watch it and decide, does it hold up? I'm Chatbot John Nelson. And I am John Longinole. Okay, I think we've done enough of that. Hello, everybody. <laughs> no, no, you don't want to do the entire episode in a no, creepy I, robot I, voice? I think or? we're going to have enough jokes about fucking AI in the beep course of this fucking beep. episode. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we had to, we had to get it, you know, out up front just so we could uh, cleanse our palates for what's a coming. Open the pod bay doors, please, John. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be all like that. But before... <laughs> We do exactly every joke you know that we're going to do. We just wanted to let you know you can write us at holdupodcast at gmail.com or you can go directly to holduppodcast.com to get to any of our social medias to celebrate as we count down. This is episode 97, friends. Oh, shit. We are three episodes away from the big one, episode 100. And hey, I don't want to overhype it, but like, it's going to be off the fucking chisane if you know what i'm saying <laughs> dog it's 100 be... no let's go <laughs> all right i can't i can't i honestly i can't believe we're about to be close to 100 episodes that's kind of crazy i mean the fact that we're literally tonight doing a movie that you and i saw together <laughs> it's like now now it's finally happened i know like, we, we finally g- kind of gotten around to movies that we saw well, you know what's interesting is, you know, we haven't actually seen a ton of movies together. You would think friends, I mean, we've seen, right. you know, over 100 movies well, together. I mean, we've rewatched yes. many a movie together. No, we've, we've, via this, you know, medium, we've watched over 100 movies together. However, we don't actually go to the cinema together a whole heck of a lot. What's funny is I feel like we saw movies together more before we started going to the movies together because we would you know we both live in LA and when we after we met each other at work we would keep bumping into each other because we'd be both be going to the same cool movie oh, you know yes. always going to see like Wally on opening day or whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> what other other fucking ones we were you know we'd always go to that the fucking deep cinema Wally <laughs> <laughs> yes just speaking of AI <laughs> but yeah, and then, you know, we went and saw this one, and I believe we saw um, Unfriended with this one, right? We did a double feature that day. Oh, did we? I didn't remember I that. I believe yes. so. I think we went and saw... This was... We first saw Unfriended. That was like... We were going to be like, well, maybe it'll be fun, but just in case, X Machina will probably be good, so let's do that right. second to cleanse the palate. 
and it's the uh, old insurance. I mean, oh my god, just the days where we could see a double feature in the theater. I mean, that's, <laughs> I know. That well, seems like a lifetime ago. I know. My wife got me a Father's Day present recently, and that Father's Day present was a quadruple feature. <laughs> At the New Bev Cinema here in Hollywood, wow. Quentin Tarantino's theater, they have a they do this thing every year during the summer. It's like uh, Halloween in June or something like that, and they do like a you know sometimes it's an all night marathon. This time they're like, well, let's just do four. Let's just so I got to see four uh, really questionable movies, and but it was awesome. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw four movies in a theater in one go, and I I'm stayed awake jealous. for all of it, which I can't. I can't even claim staying awake for this show. <laughs> we're we're sleeping right now. <laughs> All right. So ex machina, John. We've already yes. talked about the day that we went and saw it, the the rainy day that we went. I think it was raining, right? With the, the rainy day that we went and saw this and unfriended let's, together. You know, it was raining like Blade Runner, up, down, all around. <laughs> like, let's, let's, why not? That's right. Yeah, not exactly. a single light the, in the sky. The we blimp was passing by up. with the, you know, the, the geisha-like doll on the side. <laughs> you know, it was, it was something, man. We both shot a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, were they men, though? Yeah. AI doesn't count as man yet. And I apologize to our robot overlords listening to this after you take over. We didn't know. We didn't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we went to see Ex Machina, and I think it was mainly, you know, I I can't remember. I don't think it was. Well, here's the thing. I know I also saw it with my wife. Oh. So I can't. I don't remember the exact specifics, but this might have been one of those situations where I had seen the movie. And then I wanted to sort of show it to you or wanted to see it again. Right. Because I, I remember I don't do this that often. And it speaks to, you know, the quality that I thought of this movie. Like, I, I wanted to see it again. Right. And so I think we double build it with Unfriended, which I think I'd also also seen with Sujata. <laughs> so it was like I was like taking you to two movies I think I'd seen already. Well, but I knew you would like them. So that, that was part sense. of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and back but, then you were doing like Cinemarathon where, yes. you know, you would watch like terrible movies oh just for God. the giggles of it. <laughs> we Yeah, we'd watch 12 movies in a row and crazy shit like that. Stuff I could never do now. Those <laughs> yeah. of you that, you know, are, have followed me for the long ride and somehow are still here, uh, <laughs> please let me know at holdupodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I would love to know if you're still along for the ride. That would be amazing. That would be awesome because you would have aged with us in real time eight years oh, yes. later. Oh, my God. Yes. Ex Machina was a movie that came out, and I remember seeing because I like sci-fi stuff. It was right up my alley. Like, I really like uh, artificial intelligence stuff. I, I've read you know, the Isaac Asimov robot books. And I, you know, I like 2001 with Hal and, and like, uh, it was just in my wheelhouse. And, and what I've always taken away from it is mainly the, the, uh, the stars in the movie. Cause it's a very intimate right. film that is, I, I mean, basically, well, well, I remember like a fair amount about it, I guess before we dive in, we should sort of give a general <laughs> right. sense, but well, you've seen it twice. Like, I've only seen it the one time. Yes. So maybe I should take this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe you should. So what I remember is that Dameron Poe is in it, and he builds <laughs> Poe Dameron. His, you oh, mean Poe Dameron? Yes. See, I can't even remember his <laughs> the correct name. Poe Dameron, and uh, he invents the AI. He's the mad scientist who invents the AI, I believe. Right? Well, anyway, correct. Uh, 
So he this is Oscar his... Isaac we're talking about, of course. Who is yes, Os- not just Poe Dameron, but it's no, it's he's in also many Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, Oscar Isaac, who's in you know tons of good shit. He invents this lady AI, and I mean, there's lots of stuff that happens during the course of the movie where basically the the lady ai i if i remember correctly she is sort of like learning that she is not real and she's trying to decide what that means to her and ultimately what that means and again she's being used as like a sex toy and all other manner of horseshit and then she decides well i i don't want to live that life so she decides to go buck wild and start you know killing folks and i don't want to give away the ending for those who haven't seen it uh it it does have a very bleaky sci-fi ending, though, which I appreciated, if I'm remembering correctly. Honestly, all I remember in specific, though, and I don't even remember the other person in the movie. I vaguely, I, I don't remember the actor's name. I vaguely remember his I, face. I know who it is, but okay. I'll, I'll let you no, that's continue fine. until I... All I remember is at one point, Moon Knight and the AI are doing like a, a, a kata together or like a dance, and they're doing it in synchronization. And... Because the AI is uh, designed a certain way, you know, you, obviously the AI is designed so that, you know, they could use CGI to make her look cool and shit. She, a lot of her flesh is missing. You know, you typically see her like this uh, netting underneath her, her flesh. And it's just really interesting that she's doing this dance and synchronization and her flesh is just, you know, not there. That then you see the parts underneath. That's the part that really stuck with me. That and the, uh, the, the creep factor of, you know, having sex with her, whether she really thinks it's a good idea or not uh but that's really all i remember about it i don't remember the specifics it's 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 alex garland garland um yes correct yeah yes the writer of such movies as 30 days later um oh i forget what else he's done he's done a ton he he is now a director in his own right obviously uh that natalie portman extinction is that or something like that that sounds right i haven't seen that one uh he did another one i haven't either Upgrade is that the one where, yes. yeah, where where like humans are getting boosted by technology. He he really seems to, and he did um men the TV right? series right. You, this was so weird. He's done a lot of stuff, and this is the only thing he's ever done that I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> oh I remember what it was it's not Extinction. It's called Annihilation. That's ah, that's the movie I'm thinking. Got it. Of with yes. Natalie Portman. I've yet to see it, although I hear it's good. I will say I do remember a little bit more than you, although you, I, it's interesting to hear the flashes that you either completely remember or sort of remember but have conflated like little bits of. Right. Um, I will I will t- reveal to you that the the lead actor, who's sort of the main character, is um, Dom Hall Gleason. Yes. Okay. Who right. um, is also in Star Wars, by the way. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so this is this is a weird movie because it stars like two people from the new Star Wars movies before they were ever in those. But I remember him specifically from he's in a Black Mirror episode, right? Um, which which was a really impactful one. So for me, seeing this, it always played to me like a just kind of Black Mirror movie kind of, <laughs> right? Because I yes. was like, oh, it's that guy from Black Mirror, and then I watched the movie. I'm like, well, this would fit right in in Black Mirror. It would. Well, and, I mean, it um, is like a creepy. I mean, it's it's mostly one location. It's mostly this mad scientist's house, right? So he has a huge mansion, so correct, there's lots of correct. different spots they can visit. But it really is sort of a, a haunted house type feeling. Yes, it is. I mean, they do play it like a horror movie, if if memory serves. It is kind of. Yeah, it, it's a, it's it's it is a bit of a horror movie. It's very much a sci-fi movie. Like the, right. the the general premise is Dom Hall Gleason 
has been invited to this uh, entrepreneur's billionaire scientist guys played by Oscar Isaac's retreat to uh, for reasons he doesn't know. I think he's an employee mm. and he's there. And then it's sort of revealed to him that there's this artificial intelligence that Oscar Isaac has created. And he's basically giving him the the Turing test, which I don't know. I don't know if you know anything like what that is. I, I hear it but, a lot, and I don't know specifically. Yeah. I couldn't. The Turing tell. test in the theory of artificial intelligence is the idea that you could interact. That so, you could have someone interact with an artificial intelligence and not realize, basically, have them pass as a human being. Right. So that would that's the Turing test is sort of and not like a generative chat GPT, but like a in live there physical, you know, robot looking and talking to it's you. It's like the Voight Conf test, but I Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's like indistinguishable from being human. Almost like the the like uncanny valley yes, or something. Right. It's a similar concept. So so he's generally there to sort of engage and interact with this AI and tests he, like Oscar Isaac's really interested in if it's working or whatever. But what kind of continues is there's a bit of a mystery and, and weird things going on. And the part you might not be remembering is that there are additional AI besides uh, this one kind of main one. Right. So I don't think, I think the, the ones that and you're right, there is a very memorable dance scene with Oscar <laughs> Isaac, but I think he's dancing with other Oh, robots. is he? Oh, that's like, interesting. I don't think it's our lead robot. Okay, interesting. And also, I don't, to my memory, I don't remember him like having sex with the lead robot, or, or it was like he was banging the other robots. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, interesting. But, you know, that, that, I, I could be wrong. That's my memory of it, though. It's sort of like all his like creepy shit. It was it was happening with these other units. Well, I don't remember with. specifically. Because I didn't know Oscar Isaacs all that well. I, I knew him sort of, yeah. but I didn't know him like I know him now from Star Wars and Marvel and stuff. But the thing I began to realize as the movie is going on, like he in the beginning, he puts on sort of one face. And then as the movie goes on, he sort of switches faces a bit. And it's one of those really keen performances where just when you're about to to settle into thinking of him one way he switches to another and he's kind yes. of i mean he's a little bit you know i don't know if depressive is how he is or if he's you know it you know got off his meds or what you know but there is a point where he's sort of extreme he's he's falling to extremes and you can never quite tell where his loyalties lie because sometimes he's like oh he's this guy and then just about when you've settled into that it's like oh no he's not reliable and he's playing a trick on everything you know he's unreliable as maybe that's the best way to put it is his right. personality throughout the movie is unreliable um, well because they take care to have the two uh main characters sort of bond Right. So so it's not just that, oh, you know, there's more to him or he's being creepy. Like he's very personable and, and at times very likable. I, I, I don't remember the context of the conversation, but I do remember there's a scene where they're literally having a beer together. And it, right. it might, might as well just in neon lights say bonding, you know, <laughs> like on top. Right. But that's sort of the was the vibe. And so not only is the character interesting, but. You're right. I I had seen Oscar Isaac and other things, uh, but didn't necessarily know him yet or have him on my radar. And this is definitely the movie that I watched, and that was what I took. Away. I mean, everyone in the movie's great, right? But I remember my big takeaway was like, this guy Oscar Isaac in this movie is incredible. Yeah. And 
he surely will go on to do amazing things because like <laughs> I'm blown away by what he's doing in this movie. What's interesting is he did become famous and go on to do lots of stuff, but in my mind, I don't know if he's ever quite gotten here again. This is like one of the reasons I sort of wanted to go back to this mm. and watch it is like, is his performance as incredible as I remember it being? Or is it more like I, he was new to me and I didn't know, like, has he ever matched this? He was in a TV I, I, I'm curious what you thought of his performance. Well, I mean, I remember it. The, the thing was, I remember it growing, him growing on me as an actor as I watched the movie, because again, didn't know him so well. But by the end of the movie, I was like, I'm not going to forget him. And I, you know, to me, it's interesting that the dance sequence, I believe, comes nearer the end, because by that point, I'm like, yeah, again, yes. I don't know who this guy is. He keeps giving me different things, and that's kind of amazing that I'm still into his character, because usually when you do that kind of trickery it's really hard to pull off i mean some actors can do it and it's just you know again phenomenal but like you can't rely on a performance on the i mean it's one of those where it's like you have to rely on a performance but you can't rely on it because it's so difficult especially because if my memory serves he's not terribly likable when all is said and done and i don't think you're supposed to like him for most of the movie so because you're supposed to be in the space with uh, with Gleason, right? You're supposed to be. He's our eyes and ears in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Though he's he definitely also, the, the avatar of the audience. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't want to say what's coming. But, I mean, he is also unreliable to a certain degree. So, if again, if memory serves. Both of them uh, doing great performances. And, again, there's basically three people holding this whole movie together. Yes. So, that's pretty incredible yes. to start with. Yeah. It really speaks to the performances because, yeah, just one of those links in the chain is not good. <laughs> At, you got a real bad movie on your hands because right. it's, yeah, it, it, this is actually one of my favorite kinds of sci-fi movies are these like super duper high concept movies that, that are really swing for the fences conceptually, but in staging and plotting and sort of casting, it's very intimate. Yeah, it's this my this you could put this ex machina on stage and do right. it as like a play and it yeah. would totally work. Yeah. Uh, and it's grounded, yeah, too. It's it's the kind of sci fi where they do sort of just enough, just enough of the world you understand and just enough of like, but we're slightly past that. Not enough that you're like, oh, my God, things are floating and they're just grabbing, you know, hard light fixtures or what. You know, it's like it's the world you understand, but with a little bit extra tech, which I always enjoy. Yes. Because yeah, it's like near future. I One of the um, themes that I'm curious to see how it's aged is, there, and, and I don't know, I'm not quite sure how it played then, but I think it might play bigger now. And this sort of speaks to, you were sort of hinting at, like, there's something going on with Dom Hall Gleason that, you know, maybe we, we don't know. I won't reveal that right. here and now. But <laughs> I do remember there being a theme around um, almost like algorithm and tracking of data, kind right. of. Because I believe Oscar Isaac made his fortune through it's he's it might as well be Google or something like that, <laughs> right? It, it, like a search engine or some kind of social media thing, right? It's it's sort of like he's a entrepreneur turned billionaire, right? Who is now using his fortune to make wacky weird stuff and one of the projects is artificial intelligence yeah he's the guy that elon so, musk sees when he turn when he looks in the yes. mirror he, he sees oscar isaacs <laughs> right well because it's sort of like that that futurist you know uh, 
almost like protagonist of a company, you know, main guy. I like that was in the water. Sure. When this came out in 2015, but I feel like it's it was like a little ahead of the curve because I think that slots right in now pretty yeah. easily with SpaceX and you know <laughs> pe- people diving down to the Titanic or whatever else is going on. Like it, it, it feels like we've gotten a little more wackadoo with right. our billionaires yeah. than we used to be. Well, what's interesting is this is I think Alex Garland's first movie, and I really liked his writing. Obviously, and then you know when I for oh he's directing movies now and again he he might have done it before this and I'm just not what did he write before this movie I I don't know twenty eight yeah twenty eight days later I think I said earlier thirty days oh yeah I I think he's twenty oh I must have I'm sorry I must have missed it when you said that I think I said thirty days earlier which is uh, or thirty days later which is you know taking thirty days of night and and extrapolating Uh, okay you know twenty eight days later that's probably why I didn't recognize right so. 28 Days Later is what uh, he wrote. He also he wrote a bunch of stuff. I think he wrote The Beach, I want to say. The Leonardo oh, okay. DiCaprio thing. I, I'll have to confirm that. Don't hold me to that. But he's one of those guys who worked with a lot of um, big directors. And then he finally got his own shot to direct. And again, I don't remember if this is it. But he has since gone on to direct quite a few things. And they have gotten sort of progressively weirder and uh you know less mainstream which is not usually the case you know usually when a director you know when a writer comes into his own he's like okay now i want to do a batman movie or whatever but he's sort of stuck to the the 70s program he's like no i want to be paul schrader i want to make weird i want to write weird (laughs) movies and then i want to make those same weird movies so uh, he's a guy that i you know every time his name is on something i always know i'm in for a treat and this was at the time I was like, well, I'm not sure I'm in for a treat, but but uh, we learned we learned in the viewing. That's, that's interesting that you had context for him as a writer, which makes sense. But right. I, so I had none of that. Like I didn't I knew nothing of him until this movie. But that actually makes quite a bit of sense. It's going to be funny when I'm totally wrong. Right. And he's, <laughs> he's like the guy who wrote Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> he wrote and then he started doing movies. And, yeah. <laughs> it's total trash. Yeah, when the mo- when the memory starts failing you, John, it's uh, you know. But you know what? When the memory starts failing you, then you can enjoy the same movie eight years later all over again. That's right. That's very true. <laughs> all right. Well, I feel like I can see which way the wind is blowing on this one. However, John Longino, do you think Ex Machina is going to hold up? Uh, I do. Um, really, I-, I think it'll still be a good movie. I- what I'm investigating here is is sort of is it the great movie I remember, right? And specifically the the um, the the acting. Right. Because I both actors in this movie I now know much better and have been yes. in many more things. So I'm primarily investigating were their performances as good as I remember, or is it more like this is my first exposure to them and and I was it's sort of more of the same. Like with this <laughs> my I feel like this was an incredible Oscar Isaac movie and I feel like he's I don't want to say disappointed me, but sort of not <laughs> hit it like this again. <laughs> Right. Like I'm I I held him higher because of this movie. So I'm like, was I crazy? Like I feel like he was exceptional and now he's just kind of pretty good. In terms of the movie, I I I'm, have very little doubt that the film itself will hold up. I think it'll be really good. I uh, I I basically have a B <laughs> does Oscar Isaac's performance hold up to my memory. Got it. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Well, I'm going to agree. I, I remember really enjoying the movie quite a bit, and uh, I, I think it's going to hold up. I was almost 
kind of surprised when I when I heard you wanted to do this one. I was like, well, at least it fits the you know. Then I was super surprised to realize, oh, it fits the you know five plus years parameter <laughs> that we have set for yes. the for the show. I was like, oh my god, it's been that long, huh? Because uh, if you'd have asked me, I would have thought, oh, that's within the last couple of years or something like that. How time does fly. But yes, I, I, I'm actually, I will be shocked if I, you know, come out of this and like, eh, it ain't so much. I'm, I'm pretty certain I'm going to enjoy myself. So, which, by the way, is fine after, you know, last month's Return of the Killer Tomatoes. We can use, <laughs> you know, again, something to cleanse the palate after that, I think. Sure. <laughs> after that yeah. uh, resounding double negative. Well, they both have robot women in them. So, you know. That's true. It's almost well, like a double feature. One's a robot, <laughs> one's a tomato. And they both have, and neither one both passes are, the Bechtel test. Yeah, both are sex objects. So yep, they're all just go. there for the fucking. All right, uh, <laughs> we are gonna go off to the billionaire's mansion. We're gonna creep around the the West Wing that we're not supposed to be in, and we're gonna discover all the secrets that are held within Ex Machina. We'll be back. How long until we get to this estate? We've been flying over this estate for the past two hours. Caleb, I'm just gonna throw this out there so it's said, okay? You're freaked out. You're freaked out of me meeting me, having this conversation in this room at this moment, right? But can we just get past that? The whole employer-employee thing? It's good to meet you, Nathan. It's good to meet you too, Caleb. You wanna see something cool? Hello. Hi. Do you have a name? Ava. Answer me this. How do you feel about her? Her AI is beyond doubt. No, nothing analytical. Just how do you feel? I feel that she's amazing. Do you want to be my friend? Of course. Will it be possible? Why would it not be? Did you know that Nathan brought me here to test you? Wrong about what? Nathan, you shouldn't trust anything he says. Does Ava actually like you? Or is she just pretending to like you? Self-awareness, manipulation, sexuality. Are you attracted to me? Now, if that isn't true AI, what is? Caleb, here's something I want to show you. Can we talk about the lies you've been spinning me? What lies? Today, I'm going to test you. Why me? Caleb, you have to help me. You. It's strange to amaze someone that hates you. What will happen to me if I fail your test? We are back from the uh, hidden estate of <laughs> Oscar Isaac. We have just watched Ex Machina. And uh, whoa, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring it up right away, but uh, we need to put a pin in the words "magician's trick," <laughs> the magician <laughs> and his hot assistant. There's a running theme there, but we're gonna oh, get yes. back to it. First of all, Mr. Longino, how was it watching the movie again after all these years? It was great. I mean, uh, honestly, like 
I had a memory that it was really strong and really solid. And I mean, I guess I'm just cutting to the fucking chase here, but like (laughs) it might have even exceeded what I originally watched. Like this was a really strong movie, really great movie. I honestly, I almost feel kind of silly like because I uh, doubting, you know, it's almost like my faith was tested where I was like, is that as good as I remember? Like, I don't know, maybe Oscar Isaac wasn't all that. Like maybe it was okay, And I was just sort of naive. No, it's like, it's a really strong movie. Oh, it's super um, strong. Just, just in kind of every aspect. I mean, between the, the acting, the tone, the pacing. I mean, really, really, my takeaway this time, because I, I sort of feel bad that uh, <laughs> in our entire initial discussion, we didn't really talk about much, if at all, about Alicia Vikander, who is oh the yeah, not at all because sort we're of lead actress in the movie. I know apparently well, have to fall directly into the old white men's category of I yeah. Guess. Let's talk about the dudes in this well, movie. I, that was one of the things I really noticed was like oh, I remembered the guys, right? I remembered Damal Gleeson. I remembered um, Oscar Isaac. What watching it this time, I was like, wow, I don't. I I that was like not a new thing, but that was a takeaway for me this time. It's like wow, her performance is really strong in this and really good. Right? She honestly, she might. I think if I mean, there's only three main people in the movie, but like, <laughs> if I have to go down the list, like Oscar Isaac is is giving this like exceptional performance, and then I think she might top Dom Hall Gleason. Honestly, like, and yeah. that's a hard part. Yeah, and she does really well. I I real I didn't realize this, but I guess she went on to play uh, Lara Croft in like the latest Tomb Raider movie. Oh, okay. Um, so I thought she looked familiar. That yeah, that is another. I didn't see that movie, but no, I, nor I. I. Saw, the, saw the marketing for it. I went to the second Tomb Raider movie, having not seen the first one. I went with a friend, and I fell asleep. Sure during the second Tomb Raider. And at one point, he nudged me awake and he said, you're missing the movie. And I said, no, I'm not. And I went yeah. back to sleep. <laughs> well, thankfully, no sleeping during this one. I, you know, no, And I was tired. By the way, like going into this, I was a little nervous because I was like, man, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired. But uh, managed to, to stay awake through the whole thing, which I'm very proud of. Well, and it was that kind of a movie. It was like languid and there's a lot of long shots and a yeah. lot of like effervescent music <laughs> just a yeah, lot of I like mean, you know <laughs> it, the soundtrack's it, just like <laughs> it, it could very easily <laughs> lull you yeah also not for nothing but there was another lady in in this movie and the actress's name and i'm going to pronounce this terribly uh Sonoya mizuno she's another ai i assume an earlier ai she is silent and or practically silent. I don't remember if she says a little bit, but she's practically silent through the whole thing, and she gives a knockout performance, too, because she has to do everything with just, like, mime and yes. looks. And and there is a point, which is funny. I think we talk, we, we made a joke about the Bechtel test, I think, in the first half, and what's funny is there's kind of a moment where this movie passes the Bechtel test, and it's like, how on earth could it? Because... You know, again, there's two dudes there, the obvious leads, there's a third, you know, woman, but there's a moment near the end where the two of them, the two ladies meet and they have a silent moment together. Yes. But it really tell and it tells like volumes and it's like this is pri- I mean, again, I don't know if this technically passes the Bechtel test because they're not having an actual verbal conversation, but the conversation that they are having, the nonverbal conversation they're having, you're like, oh, shit. 
they're talking about each other. You know, they they are communicating with each other about each other in this, you know, in this scene. And it was just really powerful because all they basically do is just stare at each other. And at one point, Ava, the lead AI girl, uh, touches the other AI with like just a hand on the cheek. And it's just like, I don't know. It, it was just a really solid moment. And I was like, oh, sure. wow, this is <laughs> in a movie that's very man heavy. It's like that, you know, that moment uh, yes. shines. Well, and obviously it, it had quite an impact because she goes from like go-go dancing dance partner to you know <laughs> fucking jason Voorhees like stabbing Oscar right. Isaac to death i mean that's a that's a pretty good pep talk she got i gotta yeah. say well let's i mean let's roll it back so the movie is about what is the movie about well uh gleason plays this computer coder and he is uh chosen or he's won a lottery he's won a contest given by oscar isaacs who is basically the lead you know the creator of a google-like search engine yes search engine it's uh, like a Silicon Valley Willy Wonka. Yes, you know? <laughs> and he got the golden ticket. For so he's one. he's gonna go to visit Poe Dameron in his uh, stately Wayne Manor, and the idea is that he brings him in. Oscar Isaac's brings him in so that he can test the AI. And it's like you said at the beginning. It's it's uh, what's it called again? The the uh, Turing test. The Turing test. And the whole idea of the Turing test, again, is that, well, you know, can an AI trick you into, into you know, thinking it's human? Now, the movie is basically, he uh, Gleason is talking to this AI, and, and the Turing test already seems like a failure because it's like, well, you know she's an AI from the jump. He knows she's an AI, and now the whole thing is like Oscar Isaac seems like, well, just keep going, see what happens. Sure. Well, well, he amends it by saying, wouldn't it be more impressive showing you the machinery and it's still sort of convincing you that it was sentient? Right. That, I, that to me, seems a much grander test. And, yes. And Dom Hall Gleason's like, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. And so throughout the movie, as Gleason's getting to know her, you know, there's these random uh, bursts where, like, the power shuts down, and it turns out Ava is controlling the power uh, blackouts. And during these blackouts, she basically says something completely different than when she's on camera, because they're on camera everywhere. But then the power goes down, there's no cameras, and she basically tells him, you can't trust him, I need to get out of here. And the whole thing becomes uh, Gleason slowly trying to figure out, well, is she, you know... Do, do I need to rescue her? Do I need to come to her rescue, basically? And then the movie sort of happens, and then at the end he plans an escape with her. And she does escape, but she's, uh, you know, uh, she's got different plans in mind than Gleason. Gleason's like, we're going to run off together. And she's like, nah, that's <laughs> yes. okay. I think I'll run off alone, which I remembered that part. I remembered that at the end she gets away and locks everybody. You know, she kills Oscar Isaacs, kills her creator, and then leaves Gleason in the mansion, trapped in the mansion. Yes. And it's a nice little story because on the surface, it seems like a romance is budding or something. We, right. We're kind of in the POV of, of Domhnall Gleeson sort of goo-goo-eyed at, at this AI lady who's putting the moves on him. Right. And she seems fairly sincere, so I think it's a neat little... I, I, I don't twist is a little extreme, but but it you start you realize by the end of the movie, oh, okay, like she straight up was using this guy. Uh, had she really, you know wanted to be in some kind of robot romance with him he's one doorway away from exiting with her so she's pretty 
pretty deliberately leaves him to what I presume to be his death or, right. or at least a really bad time uh, stuck in a room. So I, I that's cool. Like, it, it was a good shift in power dynamic. Like, the whole time she's behind glass, yes. he's, like, testing her and, you know, vetting her. And what Oscar Isaac sort of said was his motive kind of comes true even to his own demise. Like, he it, basically, we think that he's here to test her, but in fact... Uh, he's there to inspire her to become super sentient and escape, right? Like he's just a dope who's <laughs> supposed to be brought in to kind of get a tool for her to use, right? Like it's almost like right. the escape plan was kind of part of the test, but it just sort of goes horribly sideways. I, I like those shifts in power dynamic. I really like that about the movie that she's sort of a prisoner and he's got all this power over her, even – Dom Hall Gleason, and for her to basically just straight up kill Oscar <laughs> Isaac and sort of like, you know, basically murder Dom Hall Gleason through right. neglect, I thought was just a cool, right. cool way to go. Well, trapping him as she was trapped, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's just, eh, fuck you, you know? Like, yeah, I'm here's what it feels like. Yeah. Now, what's and interesting. He's left looking, holding the bag like an idiot. Like, oh, yes. what? Now, we talked about the magician's trick. There's a whole, you know, theme in the movie where uh, Gleason is telling Isaacs, well, there's a, you're trying to distract me from something. What are you trying to distract me from? You know, you're the, you know, she's the hot assistant to the magician. You're using her beauty, her sexuality. You're basically trying to get her to manipulate me into thinking she's sentient. And Oscar Isaac's whole plan is like, yes, I am distracting you. But what I'm distracting you from is that she's not manipulating you to like her. She's well, she is, but she's manipulating you to get her out. Right. right. So there's this theme of the magician's trick. What I hadn't remembered, there's a whole running theme from the beginning of the movie to about, you know, 75 uh, percent of the way through where Gleason is not sure if he's an A.I. or not. Sure. And when I start, and I couldn't remember if he was or not. That was the funny part. Is I was like, well, I I remember the ending, but I can't remember if he's an AI or not. And she just leaves him behind because he's an AI. But what's funny is I couldn't remember which he was. And so when Oscar Isaacs is talking to him in the beginning, I'm like, oh my god, this like this performance we're talking about, this Oscar Isaac performance, works on a whole separate level because they're pulling not only they're they're doing the story, which requires you know. Uh, an amount of trickery to start with but there's a whole nother thing that he's trying to do alex garland the author is trying to do which he's trying to maybe convince you hey is the gleason character an ai also and to do that oscar isaac has this weird you know super faceted performance where like again it seems like he's unreliable it seems like he's not giving away information and the way he talks to gleason is kind of weird and you're like why does he talk to this guy this way is he just a dick is he just a... and i began to think about it as i'm watching i'm like oh well if gleason is an ai his performance makes entirely you know makes complete sense to me because gleason will say something and uh isaacs will get frustrated he'll be like no you're not seeing it and if he and if gleason is an ai then isaac's frustration about him not getting what he wants him to get. Like, if the whole test is like, oh, I want Gleason to figure out if he's an AI or not. Then, you know, Isaac's character makes sense because he's continually frustrated. He's continually like, God, when will this guy figure out that I'm, I'm putting all these seeds in front of him about what's going on here? And the way he condescends to him the whole time 
is the way that Gleason condescends to Ava when he talks to her. He kind of talks to her right. like a child. I mean, not not after a while, but in the beginning when he's talking to her as an AI, he's sort of artificially cheery. You know, when she makes sort of faux pas, he sort of corrects it as you would a child by not like saying, no, no, don't do that. But just like, oh, well, you know, we actually do this or whatever. You know, he, he's like condescending. Yes. Again, and, yeah. and, and Oscar Isaac's condescending to him. So I'm like, oh, well, if he's an AI, this is a brilliant performance because Oscar Isaac is just treating him like one of his machines. And that performance, you know, before, in the first half, I think I was saying, I'm, you know, I, I'm never quite sure where Oscar Isaacs is landing. If you're looking at it as I was from the, well, if, is Gleason an AI? Then his performance actually makes complete sense because he's just the frustrated creator trying to get an answer that he wants and he's not getting the answer that he wants. And all of his creations are kind of fucking up, which I was like, oh, my God. So not only do you have to do this a story Isaacs has to be acting in this complete B story so that when you know Gleason is in you know looking in the mirror and trying to figure out am I real cutting his arm to see if there's you know servos and metal underneath I you know it it, it was great because again I had forgotten I was like I don't I don't remember if he is or right. not <laughs> and I, that, don't know. I mean and that's you know that's just a classic turn of AI you know fiction I mean we're just what I like about the movie is because it's just ticking off the Philip K. Dick boxes of <laughs> right. like, sure. what if you can't trust your own memory? Maybe you are a robot. Who knows? I mean, that's you know, that's a classic sort of Blade Runner thing. Right. Um, I do like that he slices his arm open. They sort of go that route, and in fact, he's he's not like he's right. just a dude. But but the mere fact that he could question it or even worry or sort of lose his his kind of uh, grasp on reality is in and of itself really fascinating. I, I think what I really like about the relationship between him and Oscar Isaac is a lot of the movie play. This is like the sleuth of like <laughs> AI movies. It's right. like two guys in a, in a play against each other. <laughs> There's all this nuance and trickery and deceit and lying. And like, what does Oscar Isaac mean when he says these things? Everyone's, got three levels of truth and they're all kind of lying <laughs> right and, and to me i like it because that's a very human thing yeah. and the ai in the movie literally just there's a scene where she's asking Hall gleason questions and she just keeps going like that's a lie that's a lie right that's not true okay now you're closer to the truth like so this 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 chess game between these two men of this of like where do we stand is is rendered moot by the artificial intelligence who can has been trained on every human face and voice in existence right because oscar isaac says i took all the, i turned all the phones on in the world and took all of the facial data and all of the audio data and trained this ai on that uh so it's cool it's like it, it, it is about a sort of evolution to the next step like this that that sh she doesn't have to play those games at all like she right. knows exactly how he's feeling she knows whether her seduction's working or not she knows whether she's being lied to or not so she's the manipulator where it kind of seems like she you know it, it, she's the manipulatee i guess yeah well the thing I, but I, I, I like that yeah uh, sorry it, it's just sort of like those two guys they're human right right they're human and they don't know if they're lying or not and they're getting each other drunk and like playing these cat and mouse games that <laughs> to 
that literally this lady just walks up to the other AI, gives her a, an eyeball look, and that's all they need. Like right. they can, he he in fact limited the other person's communication by making her like mute, right, and unable to understand dialogue. Yeah, but that didn't stop them from catching a, an escape plan together right. in like five seconds just by looking at each other's eyes. Like right. it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, that scene that you're talking about, the one where she, you know, she asks him questions and then he answers them and then she says, that's a lie. And what's interesting about that scene is it's not just that he's telling a lie. It's that it's the lies that we tell without, you know, without realizing that we're telling a lie almost. Because one of my favorite things about that is she asks him, well, what's your first memory? And he says, oh, well, it's at school and it's this kid. And then she says, no, that's a lie. And then he thinks about it and he's like, oh. Oh, well, there is something before that, but it's not even a memory. It's just a sound. And I think it's my mom. And I f- either there's a blue color or something like it's a, a, an unformed memory. And he's like, it's almost right. like a I, I don't even know if it's a real memory. But because he had it in his brain as like, well, that's my actual kind of first thing that I kind of remember. But it's not fully formed and I haven't locked onto it. But even that little bit. I mean, it's the thing we do with it. Well, the most, the interesting first memory that I have is this. So, well, yeah, it's almost like he's going with the the pre-scripted responses. Like these, some of those questions are just questions we, as humans, ask each other all the time. What's your favorite color? What's right. your earliest memory? You know, what's right. your favorite action movie? You know, whatever it is, and we kind of have these like pre-already written responses. Yeah. Like, I like when he says, uh, she says, what's your favorite color? He's just like red. And she goes, that's a lie. And then he goes, well, if I'm really actually thinking about it, I'm not six years old anymore. <laughs> I guess I don't really actually have a favorite color. And she's sort of like, that's closer. Yes. So it's sort of this weird author. So he's not intentionally being deceitful or a yes. He It's just she can measure the level of of sort of like, sincerity in the yeah. response well like you say the really authenticity of it it's interesting that you had this whole view in this time that he could be uh an artificial intelligence for some reason that never in any viewing has like crossed my mind i don't know why because it is a it is a fairly common yeah like way to look at it and it definitely it, i'm i'm interested what you're saying about it it's almost like explaining performance or explaining dialogue well, yeah, and you're right because in his dialogue with um, with Oscar Isaac, there is that whole talk of where he's like, "Stop being analytical. Like, just right. tell me how you're feeling." You right. Because he's going, "Well, you know, I think this and that and the other thing." I, I, what I'm most interested in is you talking about how it's sort of an explanation for Oscar Isaac's behavior because that is a question I have too. That performance is so fascinating, and he does it so well, but it's also written really well because it's like what. <laughs> what is going on with this guy? Like, right. Like, I, I can't. I've seen this movie three times now. I, I don't know if I have some kind of catch all to explain Oscar Isaac's behavior and the way. I mean, first of all, I think it's hilarious that I said I kind of remember a scene where they're having beers together because that's like <laughs> that's half the scene. movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I sort of, for some reason, forgot Oscar Isaac's just like just a straight up alcoholic or right. just like party guy that's just drinking the whole movie it such interesting choices with him but i don't really have an explanation as to what the motivation is or what's going on well if i was to watch it again now like just put it right back in and start watching it again i wouldn't be looking at it that way 
And now, again, now that I know definitively, okay, he's not an AI, so I wouldn't be looking at that. You know, maybe, again, Oscar Isaacs would seem more erratic. And maybe that's part of it is, like, maybe Oscar Isaacs knowing... Again, I don't know. I'm just guessing here that, you know, maybe he and, and Alex Garland had this idea that, like, well, we need you to sort of lead the audience to suspecting this guy's an AI. But again, it's not like his performance is so geared toward that, because there is, like times where he's nice and there's times where he's like hey we're just boys or whatever and there's times that he seems to be pushing him a certain way and there's other times he seems to be like genuinely like yeah tell me what do you think Uh uh-huh uh-huh so again him being erratic he might just be erratic and it might just be that he's so excited about this you know lady ai that he's created and that's just the sum total of it and also he's a fucking you know insane billionaire yeah because he would have to be (laughs) he's he's like borderline sociopathic basically like If I had to read anything into the character, it seems like, yeah, like sociopath or almost egomaniac. I think I think one of the most telling lines is there when when he sort of uh, first has the AI revealed to him, Dom Hall Gleason gives this kind of poetic thing where he's he says, like, well, I mean, if someone were to make an AI and, and create this, that would be the work of gods or something, <laughs> right. something like that. I don't think that's the exact quote, but it's generally like that. Oh, you, this is the work of gods. And then right. late, like the next day, Oscar Isaac sort of misquotes it. And he's like, man, won't that be a great story when you turned to me and you said, you're a god. And he go, he just keeps going. That's well, that's not exactly what I said. And he's just like, no, yeah, yeah. You said I'm a god. And so... <laughs> Obviously, God complex. I mean, that, sure. that's clearly going on there. It, it just seems like he even actually, you know, he even uh, mentions Prometheus at one point. Basically, right. like this is Promethean. It, it's almost like a very intelligent person playing with fire. So uh, egotistical to not see that it could be a threat to himself. He's he's very. I, it's almost like. He's just a manipulator, right? Right. Because he's brought Dom Hall Gleason here on completely false pretenses. The whole thing's bullshit. Like right. he's bullshitting him the entire fucking time. He's he's like Kaiser Sose and the fuck <laughs> out of him, basically. So 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 in a way, you could almost read his performances now. As I'm kind of reflecting on it, it's just he's a manipulator. He he's right. sort of everything he's doing is dishonest. Yeah. Um, but he's so personable and so, you know, it, uh, that's like a real theme I'm picking up that I didn't really notice the first couple of times is there's this whole thing of like truth and honesty and lies and right. dishonest and like, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Well, and also there's this, I mean, this is part of the magician trick part, um, or the magician trick theme. The idea that at some point, like, cause again, you're talking about, he's so kind of manipulative and most of the events in this movie, he's devised to come out a certain way. But there's always like a point where you're like, well, is he really that stupid? How did he get tricked by that? You know, it's like like at one point he's like, oh, I put a battery powered camera up. So you didn't know I was watching you the whole time with the, you know, whenever there was a quote unquote blackout. And then Gleason reveals, well, that's why I did the plan that I was going to do yesterday instead of today. Um but the, he does have these blind spots. And when you're watching it, I mean, you as a viewer, having seen, like you say, these cat and mouse movies before, you're like, okay, at what point is Isaac's aware that he's you know, being manipulated? At what point is he truly like drunk off his ass and can't be 
you know, he, he's made a mistake, actually. It's hard to tell because, again, you're not sure what's real and what's not. And now, again, watching it, I bet you I would be better able to go, oh, okay. He's just, because he's an alcoholic, he he's not thinking right now. He's he's drunk off his ass and he's giving away something that he shouldn't. You know what I mean? Because sometimes he's giving away things on purpose to try and, like, leave these little breadcrumbs. And other times it's just, mm-hmm. he just forgets himself. So it's really interesting. I, I mean, he is super well-written. And if you get somebody like oscar isaac you know playing it like that then i mean yeah i mean it, it knocks it out of the park because i'm sure there's a lot of stuff that he did where he's just like well i don't know i didn't think as much as you two guys are talking about i just did the lines as they were written with like a sn- sure. like slight sneer <laughs> well but- it, what's great is he's sort of a villain obviously and definitely not a good person and there's some there's some real dark scenes where you see him dragging robot corpses all over the place and obviously he's using them as sex toys (laughs) right but like even even all the way till he punches out he's still kind of likable in a weird like he gives this amazing line where he gets fucking stabbed twice once right in the chest basically through his heart and he's like walking down the hallway and I you rarely see this in a movie, but he's just like blown away by the entire situation and how right. crazy it is. He's like, I'm the first person to ever be murdered by my own creation, like, <laughs> right? And he, but he doesn't say that. He just walks down the hallway and goes, "Unfucking real, man." <laughs> As he's dying, it's like right. his dying words, like "Unfucking real, man." Yeah, like it, it, I just find that interest. It's such an interesting performance, right? Well, and I'm even trying to there. Think it, I mean, just that last line, it's like, it's thematic. It's unreal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the AI is not real. So. Or is he, it? He looks just as surprised as we are to see that he's getting fucking off. Like, it's just so fascinating. Well, and the way that Garland directed it, too, is great. It's not like a, you know, a horror movie where someone's like Michael Myers stabbing him. It's just like they have a knife and it just sort of slips inside you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is even more horrifying because it's just like, oh, my God, that went in so fucking easily. <laughs> well, it's also in contrast. I think what's cool is it's in contrast to what we see happen to the robots. Like these robots get complete. You know, he's banging yeah, them over he beats the head, him up and beats them up, rips them up. One of them like gets their whole in this really fucked up scene where it's like, let me out. And it's arms go flying everywhere. And all. so it, but they're repair, right? She, at the end of the movie can just like put all this extra skin on, put mm-hmm. a wig on. She's good to go. She can sh- replace her arm. Yeah. They're so, they're so strong and so durable and so interchangeable. And this guy, it slips in like a birthday cake, you know, just like right in one one stab, and he is down for the count. Right, he was calling it an ev- evol- the the ultimate evolution. Right, he has a great line where he says like we we might as well be, you know, our skulls will be in the <laughs> dust, <laughs> like we're finding, you know, yeah, the AI is one day to look man. back at us like we look back at skulls in the African desert. Y- yeah, and that kind of seems to be where the movie's going. I mean, we you know. She leaves our our guys completely fucking thrashed. <laughs> right. And then it's just out in the wild. Like, I don't think she's going to go full Terminator and just start killing <laughs> people. But it, it just you see how like, oh, yeah, this would last way longer than we will. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. As long as she has another Haunting. another body, then she's good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I should actually I, we had talked about it before about how um, 
I couldn't remember if Alex Garland was the guy I thought he was. He is the guy I thought he was. I think I got all the, the writing credits correct. He did 28 Days Later. He wrote oh, the great. novel The Beach. I think that's how he got hooked up with Danny Boyle in the first place. Sure. Then he did 28 Days Later. Then he did Sunshine, which was another Danny Boyle movie. And uh, so he wrote a number of, of excellent movies, including Dread. <laughs> that was my, the one where I was oh, like, how, yeah, did I, how did I miss that? Um, and apparently this is his directing debut, although I guess he did some directing on, on Dread, but uh, this was his actual feature debut. So uh, pretty, pretty decent for a first timer. <laughs> yeah, honestly, what this watching this again has really kicked me in the butt to be like, he, he's had all these other films come out. And every time I'm like, man, X Machina is good. I should really check that out. And then I just <laughs> like, don't. <laughs> right. This is like, I, I, now I need to go watch Annihilation, and I need to go watch his other movies because, as a as a freshman movie, as our sister podcast, <laughs> the Freshman Fifteen would put it, it's an exceptional outing for a first film. I yeah. mean, it blows a lot of first movies out of the water. So I I really need to go investigate what else he's done it's really good i mean the good news is i think he's only directed like four movies in total i know so it seems doable like. <laughs> lucky you you could just knock it out in a day <laughs> just the look of it alone it's like it was so sure of itself i mean you don't get i mean i don't know what his experience is again but like usually you know in a neophyte director is not as confident Especially if they're doing like a lot of master shots like this was set up. And I mean, I think he was deliberately going for like a, you know, basically you decide where you're looking. Whereas, you know, a lot of directors will show you where you're looking. And he was like, well, you can look wherever you want, but I, I know what I want you to look at. So I, I don't think a lot of uh, first time directors have that kind of confidence. So it's just it's and it's stunning cinematography, especially in the mm -hmm. beginning, because I think they shot in Norway and it's just every angle they're shooting from is oh, gorgeous. Yeah. And I, I mean, we didn't talk about this much, but the the an, the computer animation is is kind of mind blowing. Like oh, in yeah. terms of how they make her look, she's see through. Like mm -hmm. her arms are translucent. Obviously, that's very hard to do. Yeah, and it's been damn near a decade, and it, it frankly it looks more impressive than most stuff I see now. So that that it's simple. Yeah, it doesn't draw attention to itself in a way that is over the top, but it it's there like most of the movie, and it looks great. It beat the Force Awakens for an Oscar. It won for best visual. Effects. It won That's for good. best visual yeah, effects, and deservedly so. Well, That's it makes good. sense. I mean, this movie was fifteen million dollar budget. Fifteen million dollars is not a ton of money, so yeah. especially on those visual effects. That's just crazy. Like you say, just all the gears and he shit inside her. Oh, for some <laughs> and what's hilarious is the part that I remember so definitively, the dance sequence, which again I thought was like a kata or something like that. It was just a dance sequence, just a you know a traditional like two people mm -hmm. moving in sync There's together. Just going. Yeah, they're just discoing together. They're using the same moves. They are moving in sync, which is showing that like you know it's basically Isaac saying, "Look, I programmed it. You can tell because we're making the same moves." But what's interesting is he's dancing not with the AI that I remembered, but with, like you said, another right. AI. Not only is he dancing with another AI, I remembered you being able to see through her, and you can't. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, how did I extrapolate all that into uh, you know, the one thing I remember? It all just got blended together. Everything you said <laughs> was in the movie, just not all at the same time in that one moment. Right, just not all in but one scene together. That's so. also really, I think that's an incredibly memorable moment and really clever, because the movie's fairly self-serious like it's yeah. a very serious movie 
So it to just stop on a dime for fucking Saturday Night Fever with the robots is such a weird, crazy swerve that it's it's very memorable. I think the the only question remaining is, did Ex Machina hold up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no caveats. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, great. it's uh, a great movie. Yeah, no, no need to discuss. I agree. It held up. Congratulations, you picked a movie that was awesome, and we watched an awesome movie. And <laughs> no need to debate. Uh, let's bring in something next time where there's a little bit of room for uh, debate. In the meantime, you can write us at holduppodcast at gmail dot com, or you can go to holduppodcast dot com to find our social medias. You can still suggest movies. We love our listener requests. You can still, you know, if you can think of something better for the 100, I mean, you're running out of time, but I mean, I guess if you want to give it a shot, <laughs> go ahead and write us. We love it. And, and you know, even if we don't do yours, the best ones will be read on the show. Go ahead and write us, friends. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, nobody move, nobody gets hurt. Nobody move, nobody gets hurt.